is the Go Radio Football Show, hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson, and John Hartson. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 Rangers and Celtic are set to have full house support next week as they target European progress. Celtic play Yablonets in the Czech Republic tomorrow night, early tomorrow night before the decider. In Glasgow, Rangers have a 2-1 deficit to overturn after losing in Sweden last night. But how big a difference does that late goal from Stephen Davis make, Barry Ferguson? Yeah, massive, Rob. Um, I think the manager will be disappointed in the two goals they lost. Um, they could have been avoidable but with Davo scoring that goal in the 95th minute that gives Rangers a great chance um, and hopefully as you just mentioned there there's a full house at Ibrooks next week they get behind the team and I think if that happens they've got enough Rangers um, to get through against Malmo Yeah it sure does change the complexion doesn't it that late goal uh, from Stephen Davis it was virtually the last kick of the game deflected in for 2-1 Celtic Avarange Postecoglou says he's driving the club's recruitment process as he desperately bids to rebuild the team Joe Hart and James McCarthy are the latest names in the door but John Hartson there's surely a lot more business that's going to have to be done Yeah definitely but uh, you know they're getting stronger they're getting stronger each sign in um, that's five now he's made. Uh, you look at McCarthy, Joe Hart yesterday, Starfelt, Abada, Furihashi, uh, the lad Buta from Antwerp, the right back who's uh, who's been uh, heavily mentioned as well. So I think it's a case of just building a, a strong, a competitive team um, to try and cope, you know, with the power of Rangers this season because there's no doubt for me that you know, Rangers are in the ascendancy. They got that momentum, and they'll really fancy it this season. So, Celtic have almost had to bring in a new manager, um, new backroom staff, really, in terms of what he wants to do with his scouting system and everything else. And um, you know, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be very difficult. But he's had to bring in almost a new team now. Yeah, it's interesting that he's playing such a big part himself in the recruitment process. We'll talk a little bit about that later on. But let's start in Sweden last night and that late Stephen Davis goal after Rangers uh, lost two in two minutes and it wasn't looking good at all. It was looking as if it was going to be a really difficult uh, deficit to turn around at Ibrox next week. It's still going to take a bit of doing, obviously, and it certainly wasn't uh, the way that Stephen Gerrard envisaged that game going. Look, I, I think we're, we're disappointed in the results overall. You know, we wanted to come here and get a more positive result in our favour. So we've still got a big job and a big task next week but the goal in injury time is certainly very helpful with a full full Ibrox with the noise and the passion and, and hopefully uh, one or two uh, bodies to help us that are available next week it's all to play for this game's not over It was a bit strange Barry to look at the, the bench last night I and mean, we've talked so often about how strong Rangers are the depth of the squad it's scary uh, but last night uh, they didn't have a whole lot to go to on the bench yeah, that, that's true. That's one thing that the manager has built over the last year or so is a real strong squad. But there, there was players that, that can strengthen that starting 11. Um, I thought last night, Morelos is a big miss. Mm. There's no doubt about it, Rob. I think Morelos and a, a Rangers starting 11. Rangers are a stronger team. I've seen pictures that he's, um, um, he's, he's training in a car park. I've seen him running in a car yeah. park. Um, obviously, he's got to self-isolate coming back for Colombia. So hopefully we'll see one or two of their players back next week and that'll make Rangers stronger. But it's still a big task because Malmo 
let's be honest, they're a decent team. They're 14 games into their domestic season. They are strong, um, but I fully believe if Rangers get one or two of their players back, they'll be strong enough to do it. Were you surprised at that mini-collapse early second half when they lost two in two minutes? And then there was a big shout for a penalty, I think, wasn't there, just shortly afterwards as well? Yeah, very unlike them, Rob. Um, certainly if you look back in last season, that was one of their, their strong points. Defensively, they were real rock-solid. Um, so that that's something that would uh, concern the manager because um, it's not like them. Um, but listen, it's I go back to that that 95th minute goal with Stephen Davis. That's a lifeline. Um because I think at 2 nothing, it would have been difficult. Now it's at 2-1. I think Rangers will, will be happy with it. Disappointed in the result, obviously, because you want to go away from home in Europe and come back with something. They didn't. But listen, 2-1, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, we watched the, the first half, John, in here last night uh, with Marvin Bartley and, and Davy Proven. And, and Rangers just looked as if they were improving in the game, growing into the game, uh, counteracting what Barry was talking about, the sharpness yeah. uh, of Malmo because they're midway through their season. Um, I was a bit taken aback at the way it won. And, and Stephen Gerrard was obviously taken aback because Rangers have been so solid uh, in the Europa League over the last c- couple of seasons but maybe this is a sign that this is a step up and the, the opposition even for qualifying is that bit stiffer Well we also spoke about me and Barry spoke earlier about about um, sometimes early for the Scottish teams in the season you know you go into these qualifiers Champions League qualifiers Europa League qualifiers and the opposition are almost a third through their season mm. um, and they're up and running you know they know their formation their system they've they, you know, a third into their, you know, their, their respective leagues, um, and it can be difficult. I'm not too sure whether the players last night sat in there at half time against Malmo, thinking, well, within two minutes we're going to be two down. Maybe they come out thinking the first half they they cruised it and they wound in an awful lot of bother at half time. They're thinking that we pick up a little bit, we might just go and get some goals and come away with an away win here. And it's just a little bit of a lapse in concentration. I think almost, you know, two goals within a few minutes. And then they got a bit of work to do then. They made up they made what a relative should have been an easy tie. Not it's never easy, but a, a tie where you can cope, you know, okay. They've made it difficult for themselves. And and, you know, going back to the Stephen Davis goal, you know, it's a massive goal because psychologically, when you're two 0 down, you're almost thinking, well, we need to get two goals. It's gonna be difficult because you know Malmo will come and they'll 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 flood it defensively. They'll flood the middle of the park with players, you know. And now all you need is a goal. All Rangers need now is a goal because the away goals don't count. And then you know you take it to penalties and then extra time and then penalties. So it's a huge goal from Stephen Davis. Massive psychologically for Rangers. John Hartson, Barry Ferguson, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show on a Wednesday evening. Craig and Cumbernauld as well. Hi, Craig. Hi, Rob, Barry, John. Hi, doing? Craig. How you doing? Good to good to hear from uh, good to hear from you. What are you thinking about last night, Craig? Uh, well, listen, I've got to say, you know, um, obviously as a step up, um, being in the Champions League is a totally different ball game for for being in Europa League. I mean, that's the first time uh, you know Stevie G's lost a, a qualifying match um, in any of the legs, which is shows you the step up. And I think um, as a result of that, it was probably the poorest performance I've seen us put in in Europe uh, under Steven Gerrard. Um, I think. The first half, we've done okay. The problem is we never really got um, any real shots away or any challenges on goal. I actually felt we were almost trying to pass the ball into the net some, you know, at times. And I think 
you know, I think uh, Stephen Cregan said it on the commentary last night, and it was right. You know, sometimes if you don't shoot, you don't score. Um, and, you know, Davis gets the goal at the end because he takes a, a chance and, and has a shot early in the game. We're trying to pass it around too much, and nobody's really trying to get that shot away. I mean, I think Scott Wright, you know, got into good space where he could have got one away. He didn't. Uh, Kent as well, I think, should have hit first time he's left instead of checked back, which allowed the Mammo defender to block him. So things like that need to improve. But I think you also have to recognise that we're probably four players short of what would have been our strongest starting eleven. You know, I think players like Joe Rebo, Glenn Kamara, Alfredo Morelos, even Kimar Roof, they're huge losses to have. Um, and, and big games like that. Um, I think it's a disgrace that Glenn Kamara should be suspended in the first place. But yeah. that's by the by. Mm. Um, and we hope Morelos comes back. I also think, and I don't know if I think about this, I think we should have had a penalty because I think there was a similar penalty given at the weekend for St Johnston uh, when they played Ross County. I think it was St Johnston. Um, where the player checks back in yeah. and he's taken out. That's what happened with Ryan Kent. And also, I think Malmo potentially were lucky to stay with 10 men in the park because that challenge, you know, it's straight leg, studs up, it's completely out of control in my opinion. Uh, so, so there's things like that that didn't help, but it's undeniable. That goal at the end is huge because I think if it's 2-0, to be honest with you, I think we're, we're finished, we're out because... There's, yeah, there's just yeah, no margin for error, is there? At 2-0, at, at it's, it's such a psychological difference, Barry, as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah there is. I mean, but you've also got to take into consider, consideration um, there is a bit of rustiness, Rob. They've only had four or five pre-season games. They've only had one game domestically, and that was against Livingston. They are 14 games in front of them, but people forget Malmo have got decent players. They're a decent team. Um and you're in the Champions League, as you mentioned, that is a step up, but any team's going to miss guys like Morelos, Kamara, Aribo, Roof, the four players there. They were such have, a big part of the Europa yeah, League campaign, weren't they? Rob, they four players have every chance of getting in that starting eleven. Yeah. Um So they are going to be a miss, but that's why you have a big squad, Rob. Mm. In case of suspensions, injuries, Morelos' case, he was playing with Colombia. Um, he was missing, so look, they're hopefully... Some of them are going to be back next week. And I'll go back to it. That Davis goal, um, massive, massive in the last minute of the game. Yeah, Craig, what did you make of Red? You, you spoke about the, the chances not taken, maybe just being a little bit over-elaborate at times. What about Rangers defensively last night with the, the concession of the goals? I, 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 I could not believe what I was watching. I really couldn't, because from the day Steven Gerrard came in, even when he first came in and our defence was, you know, Lacking and in need of improvement, um, you know, no disrespect to John, but that defending those two minutes was straight out of the Celtic playbook of defending. It was disgraceful. Um, I've not seen us defend that poorly in a long time, probably since Pedro Cusina was in charge, and I don't even know what happened because, but we're not often behind in games these days, which is a positive. But any time we have gone behind, even in Europe, we've been able to just brush it off, dust ourselves down, and set our minds and. and got on with the game. We never done that last night. We panicked. It was panic stations immediately for the kickoff. Um and you can't do that in the it doesn't matter who you're playing in the Champions League. If you switch off, um, you know, you will be punished. You know, you it really doesn't matter. Um, and we did. I mean Connor Goldson has been tremendous. Um and so is James Tavernier. But last night was that was two of the poorest performances I've seen. The only defender they get past Mark last night, in my opinion, was Philip Delander. Um, 
you know, the rest were really poor. Even going forward, you know, the the, the balls into the box, I must say, Borna Barisic normally can whip them in brilliantly. We almost never beat the first man. The only time one of our players gets ahead on it, on it, we almost score when Big Phil gets ahead. You know, the rest of the time, and fair play to Malmo, they did defend well. I'm not taking credit from them, but when you've got players who can put the kind of crosses into the box normally that Tavernier and Barisic can, you know, you need them to to get them, them in there and, and, and properly find a body in that box because if you get ahead, a flick, a touch, whatever, you've always got a chance. Yeah. Um, so that was that was disappointing. It really was. Um, and we cannot allow that to happen again. Um, John, I was just going to ask John, do you feel as if Rangers have got away with one last night because of that that, that late goal do, does change the complexion, doesn't it, for, for well, Ibrox? Whereas at 2-0, it's pretty awkward against a team of Malmo's quality. It's awkward, but Rangers will be at home. You know, they'll have a full house driving them on. Um, they've done fantastic in Europe over the last couple of years. Even at 2-0, you still got to believe that you're in the game. But obviously at 2-1 now, they'll feel they can turn this around. Um, Rangers with the with the strikers that they've got. Scott Wright just came in. You know he he got his first goal at the weekend. It's a lovely outside of the foot yeah. finish. You know, um, and then you, you've got other good strikers there. Roof is more than capable. Haji, um, you know, so they've got enough. They've got enough strength in depth. They've got enough centre forwards to go and get goals next week. Uh, so I wouldn't say it'd been over. It would have made the task a bit more difficult, but they'll be massively. Um, they'll take huge confidence and listen Rangers it, it could well have gone three they could have they could have caved in last night that 2-0 mm. but they didn't they came back they stayed strong they defended well having gone 2-0 down um, so again they showed good character they got back into it 2-1 and it, it gives them a, a better chance now of, of going through uh, next week but sometimes even at 2-0 you, you've got to believe but at yeah. 2-1 that's Stephen Davis goal as Barry's alluded to and I have it's huge psychologically yeah. as well. You know yeah. now they will score. There's not many games Rangers play at home and don't score. You know with the yeah. quality they've got going forward. So I, I actually fancy them to go through now. Stephen Gerrard was clearly taken aback at aspects of the performance and obviously clearly lifted uh, by that late goal. Look, I, I think we're, we're disappointed in the results overall. You know, we wanted to come here and get a more positive result in our favour. So we've still got a big job and a big task next week. But the goal in injury time is certainly very helpful with a full full Ibrox, with the noise and the passion and, and hopefully one or two bodies to help us that are available next week. It's all to play for. This game's not over. It seems, Craig, as if it is going to be a full house next week for the for the second leg and that and that's going to be absolutely massive, isn't it? Oh, it's huge. Absolutely huge. And last night after the game, you know, Gerard came out and said he was going to be looking for the you know, the Ibrox role, um, the first time he's actually ever asked for it. So yeah. I think we, we have to do that. And I think it's important because there's going to be times in the game that make it a bit sticky, a bit stuffy, a bit tight because Malmo, they're not mugs. This isn't your Sunday league pub team you play. Um, and I think even in those moments, you know, we all just need to get properly behind them. And I think we can, um, you know, get through. Uh, but it's, you know, absolutely the advantage because I think that played a part right for Malmo last night as well because... Their fans were in full voice, um, I've got to say, and I think that, that massively helped them at the moments when they were put under uh, pressure defensively, um, and they, you know, they, they got out of it. And I suppose the plus side is that I think that's probably Malmo at their best. I'm not sure they can deliver much better than what they did last night, 
we definitely can though. Um and I think that that's the, the, the thing. Um I'll be interested to see how many changes get made for the game on Saturday because I anticipate there will be. Um the only thing I would say though about about Gerard when he comes out after matches, I, I admire the fact that he he's brutally honest and comes out and fall on his sword and take responsibility when there's been disappointments. But sometimes he doesn't often enough pick up on, on refereeing performances because I thought the referee last night was poor. He was booking our players in the first half, left, right and centre. And their players were making the same tackles and getting absolutely nothing, um, which I can't understand, especially when some of them later on in the match had tackles where they were booked or whatever, and you think easily could go down to 10. Um, even the challenge, as I say, that came in, I reckon with VR, he's, he's off. Um, so I'd like I'd like to see him just also pop those things in there because they're factors, not the main one. Yeah. We were good enough last night. Yeah, he was probably more concerned about the performance, wasn't he, than than, than, see, than see blaming the referee. See so you get on the game next week, Rob. Rangers have got to come out the traps straight away. But what they need to also understand, and the fans, I'm sure, will. And John's played in European games at, at Celtic Park. I was the same at Ibrook. Sometimes you need a bit of patience because I believe Mamo will come and sit behind the ball and try and frustrate. But that's one thing that's impressed me about Rangers last year. When teams did come and do that, they did show that bit of patience. Um, and I think that, I think that's um, what will be needed next week because they will come, probably come with a back five. You heard the manager speak about that last week. That's what they do at times. Um, but full house, European nights at Ibrox, mm. fans behind you. And you know what a bouncing oh, Ibrox does. Do you know what? It is a 12th man. They, they get you through they get you over the line but what they need to be wary of they need to be wary you need a bit of patience next week what's your idea of uh, the scoreline for next week then Craig at Ibrox I, I think we're in for a long night if I'm honest with you lads I think uh, I think we'll win the game um, in the 90 minutes 1-0 and then I think um, we'll go into extra time and I reckon we'll grab another in extra time because they'll tire so 2-0 after extra time for me well, as long as they get the job done. Um, thanks, Craig. Good to have you on the show. That's uh, Cheers, Craig, Cheers, Craig. Uh, looking back on uh, last night in Sweden, looking forward to the away, uh, the return leg at Ibrox next week. Big week in Europe, of course, with Celtic in the playing in the Czech Republic uh, tomorrow evening. That's a quarter to five uh, kickoff. Uh, John Hartson will be on TV duty for that one Galatasaray against St Johnston uh, Breda Bleak uh, versus Aberdeen Hibs against Rijeka the first two in the Europa League qualifiers <coughs> uh, the second two in the Europa Conference League let's hope for a good week all round uh, for the Scottish teams The Go Radio Football Show talking football first listen live weeknights from five We're talking Rangers and have been in the first 20 minutes of the show that 2-1 defeat for Steven Gerrard and his team in the Champions League qualifiers in Sweden last night uh, Malmo 2-1 winners and it goes to Ibrox hopefully in front of a full house uh, next week can Rangers turn it round and march onwards and if they do they would just be one hurdle away from the group stages of Europe's elite club competition it's the Europa League qualifiers for Celtic uh, tomorrow night, Jablonets from the Czech Republic are the opposition away from home. It's a quarter to five kickoff. Is Joe Hart ready to come in for his debut? I've kind of prided myself on these years recently of, of not necessarily getting that starting jersey, of, of being ready, you know, putting it down to the manager's decision, 
you know, no other, no, nothing else featuring, making sure the team felt comfortable that if, if and when required that I'd be ready. Uh, and I feel that, you know, I've been around long enough, I've had plenty of highs, plenty of lows. I found I've got that middle ground, um, you know, I'm experienced, I'm mature and, um, you know, I'm looking to put that into play. Celtic legend John Hartson, does Joe Hart make his debut tomorrow? If he's ready and he's had a good pre-season, he feels as if he's up to speed. Um, yes, I think he's far superior to to the other two, yeah. um, Barkas and Bain. And um, I think it'd be a good opportunity for, for George to make his, uh, make his debut for Celtic. All of a sudden, then you're looking at three days later at home to Dundee. He, he's, he's, a, he's got his debut out of the way. I don't think James McCarthy will play because... You know, he, he was released from Crystal Palace. He, he hasn't had a pre-season. Uh, so he hasn't had any involvement with, with a group, if oh. you like. He might take a couple more weeks to, for him to get ready. Um, but I think there'll be there'll be one or two other changes. I think maybe Christie will come back in because he's, he's been excellent in the early season form. Surprised he only got 11 minutes the other night to try and make a change. There wasn't enough time on the clock for him to come on and influence the game. Christie away at Hearts. Um so, you know, I think sadly going forward, they look okay. Um, Edward, we've spoken about Edward. There's, you know, he's got off the boil massively. I think maybe his head's been turned. And, you know, I think sadly not only Brighton, I think um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Edward. Whether They need well, that done, don't they? They need that sorted and finished with, don't they? they're holding out for a certain amount, but, uh, you know, you, you don't know. It's, it's the, 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 the figure band, you know, branded around is like 20 million. Mm. Uh, but whether or not on recent performances, whether clubs will all of a sudden be put off by that amount now, you don't know. Uh, but then you got Furihashi, um, who came on the other night. Mm. He did okay, looked sharp enough. Now, he's Angie's man. He's come from Japan and Ange have seen him. And that worked, rhymed, that was good. Ange's man, he came yeah. from Japan. <laughs> I like that. I'll Let's get the t-shirts later. printed. But, you know, you know, in terms of the manager uh, being responsible and, and, and obviously taking the credit or the, you know, the criticism for signings, he's been brought in by Ange, mm. you know, and only Ange, you know, knows an awful lot about him. So I'm sure he wanted to get him out there and, and get playing. Well, here's what he said about uh, Kyogo Furuhashi today, the Celtic manager. Yeah, good. I mean, you know, he literally came to the hotel and, and you know, I, I put him on the bench and he, and he played, um, which was pretty bizarre sort of way to, to begin a career at a new club uh, in a new country. Um, but it's just a... You know, where we're at at the moment but he's uh, he's trained the last couple of days and he's been really good he's I think he'll be well liked and popular with with the players as much as the supporters and look I know him really well as a player and I know his strengths and the good thing with him is he was playing he was mid-season um, his fitness levels are, are pretty good he'll play a part absolutely tomorrow and, and probably a bigger part than he did on the weekend Sounds like he's going to be on the bench uh, yep. tomorrow um, and maybe a starter uh, at the weekend and he was just talking about that introduction where he just turned up at the hotel and, and Ange Postacoglu said by the way you're on the bench and we'll be bringing you on at some stage yep. in the game Well the good thing is he's, as Ange just said there he's halfway through a season so fitness levels ain't going to be a big uh, concern it's just getting used to your surroundings and your new teammates and as you said Rob it doesn't look if he's going to play uh, or start tomorrow he'll, he'll come on maybe half an hour or so, but he'll definitely start at the weekend. In terms of Joe Hart, I think Joe Hart comes straight in. Yeah. Um, I played mainly, with, mainly because he's got to. Yeah, and you, you listen to Joe's interview, um, he trains 
to play. Mm. Um, I know he's not played the last few years, obviously at Burnley, then Tottenham. Um, but what what sort of Celtic are getting is a real presence in the goal, a big character. I played with him at Birmingham, albeit he was only 24, 25. But I was real impressed. He was first in in the morning, Rob, last away. Very good trainer, um, top goalkeeper. And it's one of the positions you always make mistakes at times and it get highlighted because Joe was the number one at England at that time and mm. Manchester City, obviously with Pep Guardiola. But Celtic have signed a top goalkeeper. Um, and as I said, and John will back me here, mm. when you've got a big presence in the goal, it helps you. And he's very vocal as well. Um, and the, I, I think that's what Celtic need, guys like that. That back four needs yes. somebody authoritative behind and them. And that, that's the way Joe was, even during the game, Half time after the game, if you didn't perform well, he was um, more than happy to say say his piece. And I like players like that. I like players giving an opinion. Um, and Joe was opinionated, and I don't mind that. Here's Ange Postacoglu, John, talking today about Joe Hart. Look, we'll, we'll, in terms of Thursday, we'll we'll have a look at it again. He, he's only literally met the team uh, last evening. So. He has been training though, and he he's presented in good condition. He'll have his first training session with the team this afternoon. I'll, I'll kind of make a decision after that. But look, I, I wouldn't have bought him in if I didn't think he could contribute to the team. As you said, with with Scotty and 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 Barky in particular, I mean, I, I just think they had a really tough year last year, and you know, having someone like Joe around, I think will be will help them as well because he's he's a player who's played at the highest level for a long time. He's experienced the up and downs of football, and I think having an experienced player like him around will also assist those two he's 34 but I mean that's that's quite young for a goalkeeper um, obviously he signed on a on a three year deal John yeah um, you, you can't forget uh, Rob that you know four or five years ago he was winning Premier Leagues with Man City and then he went to um, he went over to Torino I think did he go to Burnley then Torino or, I'm not quite sure uh, Torino first but alone. Torino yep. on, then obviously and then West Ham then West Ham, then then Burnley, you know, yeah. you know, Nick Hope was the goalkeeper for Burnley. You look at Spurs, he's got Lloris there, Hugo Lloris, over 100 caps for France. So it wasn't going to be easy for him. He played a few games last season for Spurs in the Europa League. Um, but he's got vast experience and, and you know yourself, you know, goalkeepers can play till they're 38, 39. They actually say they peak in, in their sort of, you know, mid-30s. And... Um, and that's what Celtic needed. I think they need. They got two young goalkeepers in Bain and Barkas and Young Hazard, but they needed with with McCarthy as well. They just needed that little bit of know-how in the team around the place because Celtic generally are are a very very young group. Yeah. You look at the back four, average age of twenty two, and there's only there's only McGregor and um, and Forrest really in the midfield. You know, you look at Sorrow relatively inexperienced, Turnbull inexperienced. Okay, he's represented his country once or twice, but they they need that them experienced players. You look at Rangers, the players they've got. Look mm. at the goalkeeper, Stephen Davis, Jermaine Defoe. You know, these guys have all played in the Premier League and they, they help the others that are coming through, especially the younger ones. You know, they're, yeah. they're great to have around. So certainly McCarthy and Hart, in terms of experience and, and what they'll bring to the young group, yeah. I think there's two, two tremendous signings, I really do. I think some people are raising their eyebrows at the length of the deals that have been done here. Three years for Joe Hart, four years for, for James McCarthy. But that's the position Barry Celtic are in at the moment. They are desperate for quality players and whoever they are after, the targets that they are, that they are highlighting are in a strong position from a yeah. negotiation point of view, aren't they? The players are in control of the situation. Celtic are desperate to 
to bring players in certainly what John just mentioned their experienced players and that's what he's done with, with both Joe Hart and McCarthy I think the, the only issue you've got is I've not played a lot of football between the two of them the last two or three years um, but what they what they bring as experience they've played at the highest level don't forget that they've played in English Premier League um, over the piece um, so I think Celtic have done a good bit of business there um, it's just if they're ready to go in but for me a goalkeeper it's a different position for an outfield player you, you listen to Joe doing his interview and I, I can only go back to the way that I seen him train he was a, a very hard trainer he would stay behind afternoons uh, and I would guess he's he's never changed um, as he's got older as you got older you tend to look after yourself a bit better um, so I, I think Joe will come straight in in terms of James McCarthy he get let go with Crystal Palace at the end of the season he's not done a pre-season with a squad he's probably been doing it himself so he's playing a bit of catch up and I don't think you'll see him for a couple of weeks yet yeah and I think if we listen to Ange from earlier on today uh, we can tell that it is going to be uh, a little while hopefully for the Celtic fans not too long uh, before they see uh, James McCarthy stepping onto the pitch you know, with James we'll just have to assess him the, the difference with James was obviously he wasn't training at a club he's been training on his own whereas Joe was with, with Tottenham so we made the decision to sort of uh, leave him back in Glasgow he'll have a session uh, today and tomorrow uh, with our staff there and then uh, we'll have a look at him on, on Saturday I know he's been working hard on his own and he's keen to get started but yeah we just got to be mindful with him that he hasn't really done any team training yet so probably make a decision on him um, you know probably post the weekend in terms of availability. James McCarthy, um, of course, played for Hamilton when he was 15. Uh, an incredible start to his professional career when Billy Reid was in charge there. It was Wigan and on to Everton and then Palace. Uh, hasn't played too many games, John, has he, uh, James McCarthy, over the last couple of years? No, but um, I remember when he was at Hamilton, I think it was um, he was on a lot of clubs, you know... Um, radar at that Radar stage, yeah. at that particular time. Celtic in particular because he's a big Celtic um, supporter. Uh, but I think Roberto Martinez took him to Wigan and then Roberto moved on to Everton, took him to Everton. Premier League, um, Crystal Palace, you know, Premier League is one of the best leagues competitive in the world. He's got an awful lot of experience. He'd have played with good players at that level. Um, but in recent times, he's picked up a few niggly injuries. He's got 43 caps for his country, the Republic of Ireland. Mm. So... It's a good signing, Robert. 30 years of age, he's, you know, he's got lots of legs left. Uh, there's no way he, he's past his best. I think he can produce some good, you know, some good years for Celtic. And um, it's different for James McCarthy coming in because he's going to have to work hard to, to hold down a, a position that's more competitive. Mm. You know, Celtic's midfield, for me, is probably where they're quite strong. You know, in terms of Abada recently come in, Turnbull young player of the year last season, he can only improve, he can only get better in the Celtic jersey. We know what McGregor brings. Sorrow, at times last season, kept Scott Brown out of the team. He had a run for six or seven games. Um, Forrest, you know, James Forrest, he's not finished at Celtic. So, in terms of that midfield, Celtic are fairly strong. Yeah. Um, so, McCarthy's going to have to work. Um, he's going to have to impress quite a lot to... You know, to, to hold down a regular place, but it's competition, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's that's what you want. You want quality players, so you can you know leave one or two out and bring another quality one in, um, and that's what he brings to Celtic. It's going to be interesting to see uh, McCarthy and McGregor in the same midfield. Um, we were just talking off air uh, during the break there about. Uh, 
Callum McGregor maybe getting lucky uh, at Tynecastle at the weekend, avoiding what could have been a serious injury. That that tackle from Andy Halliday, Barry. Yeah, I, I was watching the game in real time. I thought it was a decent tackle, but when I get slowed down and I seen the replays, it was nasty. He was lucky to get away with with one nil. Um, Callum McGregor. Um, I think if his foot was planted. It would have been a sore one. He would have been out for a, a number of months. Um, just lucky that his foot lifted off the ground. Um, but it was a nasty challenge, no doubt about it. It was a naughty one, John. Should it have been a red card? Yes, I, in my view, it should have been. I think McGregor's got away from Halliday and I just think it's, an, it's a late lunge. He's clearly caught him in his ankle. It's a, it's a seriously dangerous tackle. Um, he's lunged at him, but not even to give him a yellow card. And the referee has, has got... Great view. He's five yards away, by the way, the referee. Um, so listen, it's gone now and we, we're fed up of talking about referees all the time, but certainly I can't believe he never got booked for it. And it could well have been a red card. Who would be a referee? Exactly. Well, the fees are quite good, aren't they? Sometimes was, sometimes yeah, they're yeah. overpaid when you look at what yeah, they're doing. You've got to have some ego, Rob. You know all about it. <laughs> yeah, they certainly do. Uh, here's Ange talking about uh, more transfer business. Surely lots more to happen on that front. Uh, I think I've, I've said pretty consistently there's there's a number of players we need to bring in in different areas. We're still light on in certain areas of the park. You know, we still need some strengthening, uh, both, you know, in depth as well as, as quality. So, um, no, we, we're still... You know, the club's still working really hard. I mean, it is a difficult uh, market and a difficult time to do deals. So, you know, we've, we've kind of done five now in a pretty short space of time. So whilst it feels like an eternity, um, the club is working hard to try and get things over the line and, and certainly doesn't stop with the last two. We've we, we still got some business to do. Yeah, he says it's five as far as he's concerned in his time uh, since he's come in the door because obviously Urugide and Shaw from Sheffield Wednesday were, were, were done before that. So... For for in terms of the time he's been at the club, it's Abada, Starfelt, Furuhashi, and now Hart and McCarthy. How many more, John? Uh, when when you think about that Celtic, not just the Celtic team, but yeah. the Celtic squad. If you want two for every position, how many more signings do Celtic need to make? Probably another five. I think they need a right back. No disrespect to players at the minute who are in these positions, by the way. Um, but I think for Celtic to get stronger and to challenge. And to get more competitive, uh, you know, on a consistent basis. They've dealt with the goalkeeper, who was priority for me. Hart's come into play. He hasn't come in to be, the, you know, a part of the three goalkeepers that are there. He's going to play every week, Joe Hart. They need a right back. They need another centre back. They've only got Starfelt, Beaton, Welsh. Um, Urahidi can play there. Mm. Not quite sure either on the left hand side. Still Maybe get Julian to come back. He's Julian as well, Barry. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got Taylor, I think at left back. I think Taylor sometimes gets forward, lots of energy, but hits that near post. All, you know, the near post man, I think, is crossing, can get better. Centre forward wise, if, if, if Edward goes, that leaves us with. I'm not quite sure what, what where, where's Lee Griffiths. Is, yeah. is he completely frozen out? Is he, is he working on his fitness? Is he going to come back into the fray? Ayeti, for me, he's not done enough. It only leaves Furuhashi um, sort of on his own. Is he's, he a number nine? Um, well, he'd have to be. <laughs> if, uh, if, if, what's it called, if Edward goes, he's going to have to play up there at times, isn't he? Even yeah. if he starts out but wide. Is he a natural number nine? Is that, from what you've seen of him so far, do you think he's a, do you think he's a no. nine? No. No, I think he's he's behind the striker in that number 10 position or either on the right or left-hand side, but that, that's somewhere I think Celtic need at least two strikers. Mm. Yeah. 
A Yeti, I don't think it's going to cut it. Um, Lee uh, Lee Griffiths, we don't know what's happened, as John just yeah. mentioned. Is he frozen out? We know he's had a calf problem. Mm. But this calf problem's been about for quite a, a yeah. long time. He seems to get back to a level of fitness, then the calf issue comes up. Um, so And Edward, for me, it's a, just a matter of time when Edward leaves. So yeah. th- that's a position I'm sure... Postacoglu is desperate is, to I, I'm liking what Postacoglu is coming out with mm. and the Celtic fans are the same because we're not going to rest on bringing in four or five. We need a lot more. Yeah. But you don't just want to bring in numbers for the sake of numbers. Mm. To come and play for Celtic or Rangers, you have to be at a certain level of play. You have to be at a certain type. Yeah. Now, we're not, we're, not, we're not aware of what Furihashi will bring. Abad have showed really good early signs. Mm-hmm. So the players that need to come in, they need to be as good as what's there now or yeah. even better. Yeah, they can't need to challenge. In, can't just bring in numbers for the sake of having no. a squad. So It's got to be quality. And, and, and quality what, costs money as yeah, well. That's what Steven Gerrard's done. He's brought players in to go and try and get in that starting 11. It's yeah. pointless bringing in guys just for numbers. Yeah, You need guys who are going to challenge mm. the starting yeah. 11 who's there. In summary, lots to be done at Celtic. And of course, he's got to put together a team for tomorrow night that is good enough to get the result Celtic are looking for in the Czech Republic against FC Jablonets. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Tonight with Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and John Hartson and you if you want to join the football chat 0808 17 17 700 wishing all the best in Europe this week to tomorrow night's Celtic St Johnston, Aberdeen and Hibs all playing this week let's hope the Scottish teams do us proud uh, Rangers happy with that late Stephen Davis goal uh, last night against Malmo in Sweden which uh, makes the comeback bid at Ibrox next week it's not easy but it's certainly easier on the back of uh, that goal what did Stephen Gerrard think about the performance? We, we prepared for a high press we prepared for an aggressive team a team that works extremely hard we prepared for quality in the number 10 positions and I thought the number 9 today played really well as well. Um, so no, we, we prepared for what came our way, we just didn't handle it in our best way. We, we didn't put in a performance that was Rangers level today. Um, but hopefully next week we'll improve. I'm, I'm sure we can find the performance we need. Let's get Gordon and Lark Hall involved in the conversation. Hi Gordon. Hi guys, how are you doing? What did you think last night? As it was a kind of for me, it, was, it seemed a bit like a kind of freak performance. I've not seen us play that bad for quite a while. Um, last season, with a couple of maybe kind of ballpark performances, but we always managed to see it over the line. Obviously, Malmo's a, a lot better opposition than what there is in the, the Scottish Premiership. But I genuinely, I'm, I'm genuinely not too worried. Even at two 0 down, I thought we've got the chance to get back to Ibrooks. Hopefully, fifty thousand in the ground. We'll hopefully have Aribo back. Hopefully Hadji will be fully fit uh, in if we've got Morelos in there as well. I genuinely think we've we've got more than enough then to put Malmo to bed. And I think if we go up against Olympiacos, I think hope we've got it all kind of straightened out with the pre-season buyers and that. And I genuinely think we've got what it takes to get through. Because I did say to Barry Ferguson on, a, on the phone a few weeks ago um, that on our day I think we can beat MD in Europe. But... Last night it was just a, it was below par. I just think we seemed to look dead tired after kind of half an hour and that. But I think going next week I'm not too worried, and especially after that goal, Stephen Davis' goal gave me a lot of confidence as well. And I think we'll get through and hopefully progress to the the group stages. I was just wondering what Barry's thought and the thoughts on the performance was. 
I just put it down to rustiness. You've got to remember they're, they're only one game in against Livingston. I know they've had a, a number of pre-season games. Big John will tell you, a lot of these players don't play 90 minutes. You play 60 minutes, and then the following game, you're maybe on the bench and you get 30 minutes. So I don't think they're up to speed yet. That's why I think they were a bit sloppy in the two goals. But they've got another game against United on Saturday, then Mamo will come next week, and I believe they'll be stronger. And again, with a full house at Ibrox, I have no concerns that Rangers will go through. There were a lot of big players not involved, uh, Gordon, last night, weren't there? When you think about the, the players who were suspended or or injured or unavailable. And, and the likes of uh, Helander and Barisic, who were given yeah. a bit of time off after Euro 2020. Yeah. You know, they, they, they didn't play at the weekend. They came back into the team last night. So may, maybe there are quite a few reasons, if you look for them, for why... Kent for Rangers well. to be slightly below par Ryan Kent get an extra couple of weeks off yeah um, so these guys ain't up to speed yet and when I played I don't know if John felt the same it took me three four games into the league season to actually feel if I was at 100% um, so they're playing a bit of catch up as I said Malmo are 14 games into their season um, they're really fit and they're a good team Rob let's yeah. be honest with you they've got some really good players but again I, I still believe if Morelos Arebo are going to be available next week. Rangers will be stronger after the weekend's game at Dundee United. I have no concerns that Rangers have got enough. And John Hartson, at this stage yeah. of the season, a week further on is massive, isn't it, in terms of the progress and improvement and the and the sharpness that you can find? Yeah, well, as, as um, Barry just alluded to there, you've, you've got Dundee United away uh, on Saturday morning. So when he gets through that one, hopefully... You know, from a Rangers point of view, you'll you'll get the right result, and then you've got that extra little bit of time, um, then before the second leg comes. But uh, I have no doubts, Gordon, that that um, Rangers are more than capable of uh, beating Malmo, um, in in the return leg. You, you're only a goal behind, and you know I said earlier on that um, you know how many games the Rangers play at home, both in Europe and and in the league, and not score, especially with with the crowd that you'll have. I I. I played at Ibrox many times myself when there's a full house there it can be very very intimidating and Celtic Park's the same and our opposition teams don't like coming people will say yeah they can't like coming it's the atmosphere blah 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 but they don't like coming to, to places like Ibrox and Celtic Park because the atmosphere is absolutely rocking it's intimidating and um, and I, I have no um, doubts that uh, that Rangers can turn this around you know that big goal from Stephen Davis we keep talking about it it was huge because at 2-0 Malmo would have fancied it they'd have gone look even if we concede one bad goal let's make sure we get back in And but now all of a sudden Rangers just need the one and they're back in it and if they get the one I think Malmo could uh, they could collapse and then Rangers could go and get two or three but I wouldn't be too concerned the performance last night as we just mentioned, it was concentration. Just after they get in at half time, they think they're doing okay. All of a sudden, it's, it's concentration. Before you know it, you're two goals down, but you showed great belief, credit with, you know, confidence within the group, that character. You got back in it, and that goal was huge. And I, I think that goal almost yeah. wins you the tie. That Stephen Davis goal, you know, that late one to make it 2 1. And I wouldn't be overly concerned. I think Rangers will get through. It's incredible psychologically, isn't it, what, what, what one goal does because it gives Rangers a big lift right at the end of the game that they badly needed. And you think about the effect, Barry, that it has on Malmo as well, who, you know, with seconds to go in the game, are thinking they're taking a 2 0 to Ibrox. Yeah, yeah, they, they're going into the dressing room. 
right after the, that final whistle and they'll be down in the dumps because mm. they're thinking at 2-0 we've got a real opportunity here so that, that for me Rangers showed good great character last night in spirit it wasn't their best performance we all know that I put it down to a number of factors as I'd mentioned a bit of rustiness still early in the season but that goal for Stevie Davis eh, makes it a hell of a lot easier getting back to Ibrox because I, I, I do believe that they just need a bit of patience and calmness because I, I sorry can I just jump in you, you can Gordon yeah so, sorry, it was just to say, I th- just uh, to reiterate about Barry saying there, I think, you know, I think you've seen it, see when the ball hit the back of the net last night when Davis scored, you've seen the reaction of the Malmo players, because yep. see the last the last sort of 20 minutes, when we actually started coming in and playing a bit of football, because we never done it for the full first half, and uh, the start of the second half, we were shambolic, and I think Malmo thought, this might be a bit easier than what they thought it was, and then when we started playing a bit of football, you seen it when it was getting to Malmo's back line when they were clearing it, they were punting it up to absolutely nobody. They were more than happy to take the 2-0 back to Ibrooks, and I think you seen how devastating it was on their players, especially their captain. They literally broke his knees, put his, hand, put his head in the park. You could see it really hurt them, and I think they kind of underestimated us through the game. I don't think they'll be looking forward to coming next week, especially. But, but Gordon, Gordon, you mentioned there, you know, the look on the Malmo players' face, a disappointment. You should yeah. see the look of the Rangers players yeah. on the bench. They were absolutely, you know, they were absolutely, you know, delighted to have got that goal I back. Yeah. Almost suddenly say, "We we're back in this now." Yeah. It's yeah. huge from two 0 and. As I said, Malmo would have really fancied coming to Ibrox at 2-0. Yeah, they'd have been a bit cautious not to concede early. Yeah. But all of a sudden now, it's one goal in it. And as I said, you are going to be concerned because it's such a you know a tremendous feat if you can get through to play Ludo Goretz or Olympiacos. But, uh, yeah. And I think Steven Gerrard looks through. forward to next week and thinks... Uh, you know he's going to have one or two players back. Mm-hmm. The ones who who played last night are going to be that bit better and fitter yep. and sharper, and a full house at Ibrox to 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 lift them. Yep, John actually says said that earlier on. You could have played in a lot of stadiums, but you see here at Ibrox at Celtic Park, European nights, it's absolute electric, mm-hmm. and some of these players won't experience that ever before. So that is so important. Um, for, for Rangers next week having the fans behind them and I believe listen I think he'll come out the traps There's no, they've got to go for the throat against Malmo and if they do that they win the game Does that make you feel positive about next week Gordon? I definitely that's as Barry was saying I think uh, Malmo will come next week and I think they'll put every man behind the ball um, that's just my thought I don't know whether they will but I think they'll do what they've done for the last 20 minutes uh, last night and we're used to playing teams with 10 men behind the ball and we're used to having to try and break teams down. And I think once we find that bit of confidence, we get that goal. I think I genuinely think we'll, we'll put them out. I, I don't really have much worries about it um, because I, I've seen us, we've done it quite a few times last season. We mm-hmm. had to sit back and we just kept knocking and knocking at the door. And that's what they've done last night. And for years, Rangers had been missing that final push. And that last night, that goal, I think... Doing, doing stuff like that, playing the way we've, we've been playing against SPFL teams yeah. I think we'll find a way and we'll put them out What's your score for Ibrox? I think we'll beat them 3-0 so you know, 2-0 that'll do nicely Good to have you on the show Hi. Gordon Well thanks for having Cheers, me Gordon. Cheers. Cheers Gordon Bye. All the best That's Gordon looking ahead to next week at Ibrox on the back of uh, Malmo 2 Rangers 1 The Go Radio Football Show Talking football first Listen live weeknights from 5 
Well, some massive matches coming up this week in terms of European football. It's that stage of the season, isn't it, where the games just keep on coming. Uh, big domestic games with the Premiership having got underway last weekend and all these European qualifiers as well. And let's hope that the Scottish teams make the most of the opportunity. Aberdeen and Hibs, of course, have got themselves clear of the first hurdle. Uh, Aberdeen play Breda Bleak in Iceland uh, tomorrow night. Hibs are at home to Rijek the Croatian team who we know a bit about uh, and that could be a tough one for them it's certainly going to be tough for St Johnston against Galatasaray in Turkey that's their reward for winning the Scottish Cup massive match uh, for the Perth team and of course for Celtic it's a Jablonet uh, tomorrow it's a quarter to five kickoff uh, the Europa League qualifiers for Celtic and of course they've already tumbled out of the Champions League qualifiers John um, there is another safety net for them it's the it's the Conference League qualifiers uh, but they want to make some progress Celtic now don't they well yes they have you know they've 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 invested in some players uh, I thought they were a bit unlucky a bit unlucky to go out to Michelin I thought in both ties you know Celtic at 1-0 beat on sent off Edward goes through, makes it 2-0. That's a good result then. I thought over in Michelin, 1-0, James Forrest misses a sitter from 10 yards. That to make it 2-0. Michelin then 35 seconds go and, and equalise. But listen, over the piece, they, they got beat. No excuses. But um, they certainly need to make the most of this, you know, getting a second bite at it. Um, Yablonets tomorrow early kickoff quarter to five we've been debating there whether Salik will make changes I think they will I think they'll give Joe Hart his debut um, whether or not Furuhashi will come in and play some minutes but it's probably another game Rob they could have they could have done without but because of the the, the lack to the lack in you know in terms of beating Mitchell and, mm. and, and getting the job done um you know they've had to go and play another possibly another four games now you know yeah. they'll win need to win tomorrow and then next week and then there's another two games then to make to see if they can qualify so it's games that they could do without and just concentrate on the league and know that they're in the hat but you know they've been the victim of their own success they've not been able to get the job done in, especially in the Europe Here's the manager talking about Yablonets Czech teams are always very well organised they're a big side they're a physical side and, and you know I expect it to be a tough challenge I think any time you play away in Europe there are always unique circumstances you need to overcome and I'm sure that'll be the case uh, for us uh, tomorrow night we're trying to maintain our focus on ourselves at the moment I think um, as I said our football's been okay it hasn't been brilliant but it's been okay we, you know, we've had chances to win all our games um, so you know we're, there's a real focus there to turn the, the performances to keep improving and more importantly turn them into results I just think Celtic don't want to be tumbling from one European qualifier into another competition yeah. it's happened once already Barry they've lost on the opening weekend at, at Tyne Castle they really need to stop that slide don't they tomorrow yeah and they really need to let's be honest be getting into the group stages of Europa League yeah. not getting into the Europa Conference um, and also getting into the group stage Europa League brings finance as well um, and that obviously would help the manager maybe go and rebuild again um, so they, they need to be beaten Yablonek look they're, they're a half decent team Czech team you know what you're going to get they're going to be decent technically but you've just heard Postacoglu say they're a big physical strong side so it'll not be an easy game for Celtic but they need to go there and, and come back um, to Celtic Park next week with something from that game I think we could feel fairly certain that Joe Hart 
is going to be making his Celtic debut tomorrow. That's a, it's been such a problem position for Celtic. Surely they have to sort it as quickly as they can. He's ready to go. He's told us that already on the show. And he's done his due diligence as well as uh, Joe Hart. He's been doing a little bit of research about his new team. Uh, I spoke to Stan, Stan Petrov. You know, he holds this guy, this, this place really close to his heart. You know, I've had a lot of people, a lot of the, you know, you know what social media is like. You know, Robbie Keane, people like that. I've just talked of of what they what they think of this place, and like I say, it's nothing but positive. It's nothing but excitement. So obviously, I want to experience that for myself. You know, I want to have my own experiences to pass on, hopefully, in the future. I think that tells you something about him. Does it, he's not just turning up, not knowing anything apart from the fact Celtic are a big name, which everybody around the football world knows. Uh, he's gone into it in a bit of detail. He's spoken to some people he, he knows to, to to get some background before he actually made the decision, John. Yeah, listen, Celtic and Rangers, they're global clubs. And at this stage of his career, he'll be delighted to get the opportunity to go and sign a, a three-year contract for Celtic. But, you know, he's a proud international football player. You know, he played for England a few years ago. Um and he'd have some pride about him. So he know that when he comes to Celtic, he wants to perform, he wants to win things, and he wants to turn things around for Celtic. He knows about all that. Um, but Celtic as a team, Rob, they need to start putting teams to the sword. You know, they've got to stop this, you know, um, dillying in front of goal and, and not, not scoring, not taking their chances. And if you're going to win games, you've got to take your chances. Because ultimately, you know, you, 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 you just... You know, I'm done enough during that game and teams will come back at you. You yeah. know, it's like the, the chances I spoke about Edward against Mitchell and the, to make it 2-0, James Forrest. And, you know, at the at hearts there, they had several chances to score. But if you're not going to score and if you're not going to be clinical, and this is where we've missed Edward really, because although the fact that you might know that he's leaving, you might just might, may have thought, well, look, just do the business for us before you go. You know, maybe give us a little bit more, give us a few goals, um, get us into the Europa League group stages. But they just haven't been able to do that, and they just need to put teams to the sword and be more clinical. See, in, in terms of Joe Hart, it tells it tells me what type of character he is. It would be easy for Joe Hart to stay at Tottenham, be a Premier League player, albeit be on the bench, because Lloris is is the number one. But Joe wants to come and play. And believe me when I say this, he would have earned probably double, treble down at Tottenham so he's come up here to play football and that's what you want to see for guys um, it's easy a lot of players are just happy to, to sit on a bench but Joe no he wants to go and play because he knows he's coming towards the end of his career I know goalkeepers go on a bit longer maybe 39-40 year, years of age but fair play to Joe because he could have earned a lot more money being down in the Premier League he's a personality player as well isn't he he's a big noise you know yeah. he's he's going to make lots of noise, John, and that's what Celtic need. There are maybe too many players at the moment at Celtic who are inside their own shells and they're not coming out and communicating. And, and you need that leadership. Leadership. Callum McGregor is a leader in terms of his performances. I wouldn't imagine Callum is a Scott Brown type of vociferous, going on the dressing room, pointing fingers, this, that, and the other, like Scott was, I believe. Joe Hart, according to Barry, Barry played with him knows him. I don't know Joe Hart. All I can speak about is his performances and where he's been, the level that he's played at in his career. But apparently he's a presence. You know, he's uh, he'll, he'll call people out. You know, he'll organise his back four. And uh, Sadik need that. They need as many leaders as, as they possibly can. You know, that 
in terms of to take pressure, in terms of to help the younger ones, because Celtic generally, they are a very inexperienced and a young group of players. Uh, the, the biggest thing that jumped out about Joe Hart when I played with him, he was very vocal. You could hear him, even when you were in the opposition half, he was still battling instructions. And I like a loud goalkeeper, I don't know what you think, John. I, I loved a goalkeeper who was a, not just a presence, but very vocal, big character. Very opinionated. I don't mind that mm. at all. When things are not going right, he's not scared to call people out. I've got nothing against that. I quite like that. Sometimes you've got to do that. Um, so Celtic are getting a, not just a, a top goalkeeper, but they're getting a big, big character. And if you're looking for evidence that Celtic do need that sort of organisation at the back, you don't have to look back too far, John. You just have to look back to Tynecastle on Saturday night and that winning goal for Hearts, a free kick which... Was which Celtic quite simply didn't defend. No. You know whether you point the finger at the defenders who didn't take charge and take responsibility, or whether you point the finger at Scott Bean who came off his line and then stopped and got caught in no man's land. It was awful from a Celtic point of view. Just go and head it. You know, just mm. just take responsibility. Either Bean come out and take people's heads off and punch it away as aggressively as you can, and take everything else out of the way with you, or beat on or star felt just go and put your head on the ball I go back to when I don't like harping back too much but I go back and if you conceded that type of goal under Martin O'Neill mm. he would put the video on on a Monday morning and he'd blame someone he'd point fingers and he'd make sure that they didn't do it again you can't not just take responsibility and that player wouldn't play the next game it's, it's, it's an absolute it's, it's a joke isn't it? It's mm. last minute. You're one one, and just see it out. You're yeah. not played particularly well. That, that's where you need your leaders in the team. Yeah, you, you know it's coming towards the end of the game, right? Do you know what? No ideal. You don't get three points, but at least you come away with a point. So that's when you need people organising, leaders in the in the pack, and, and you don't see that just now at Celtic. It's a recurring nightmare, isn't it, for the it's Celtic supporters? Last year it was Celtic's Achilles' heel. Yeah. Every corner kick, every free kick from outside the box, it was swung in. They didn't defend. Yeah. But this this is an individual responsibility that, okay, it's all about the team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. But having a mindset as a defender to go and head that ball, you can't give people that. Mm. You cannot give people that. That's what they bring as players. They take responsibility and they'll go and put their head on it and they'll get, they'll get you know, they'll get whacked in the, in the face for it. Yeah. The likes of Johan Mialbi, the likes of Bobo Baldi, these type of players, go and head the ball, take yeah. responsibility. Yeah, and they're not caring what's in the way. They just yeah, clear they, everything else out just, and get just, rid of the ball. Go, yeah. go, go, yeah. go, 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 get hurt for your team, a yeah. Terry Butcher type of player. Yeah. And they're not around now, nowadays, are they? If they are, they cost you millions of pounds. Yeah. There are lots of pieces still to go into the jigsaw then for Celtic, but at least uh, Joe Hart has been signed. Uh, they have a goalkeeper who is going to take charge and you would imagine he's straight into the team tomorrow. So in this time here so far... Ange Postecoglou, in have come Abada, the Israeli winger, Starfelt, the Swedish centre-back, Furuhashi, the Japanese striker, 16 goals in the J-League this season. Uh, Hart and McCarthy are the, recent, uh, the, the most recent signings, but much more business surely to be done. And who is in charge of the scouting? 
our skating department's still there and they're, they're working hard on a daily basis to, to get as much information as possible. Um, I'm doing a lot of it myself as well, which I kind of prefer because, you know, from my perspective, if I can bring in the type of players that I know will suit me, then that's going to help sort of hasten the process of, of changing the way we play and the way we go about things. Um, obviously, I'm still keen to bring more in and, and that's what we're pushing for, but we'll be planning that there won't be too many windows like this. I'd like to think there will be a much better place next window to, to not be, have to sort of... Um, uh, work in this way where we have to bring in so many players. I think that's really interesting, isn't it? That he is taking such a leading role. He's got plenty to do to try and get the team sorted in terms of what he's got at the moment, uh, as well as actually looking for future players as well. Mm. Is it because he has to do it? Is it because there's no head of recruitment, John, at the moment? Well, there's no head of scouting. The, no director no, of football. There's no head of recruitment, as you say, Uh he might just have one or two people involved with the club. I don't know. I don't know these names that are working. Does that the... surprise you that he is taking such a big role in recruitment? It, it, it tells me that he, he's, he can't trust the people that he's just come in and told to work with, you know, because he wants to do it himself. He wants to make that final decision. He doesn't want to be held accountable for other people bringing in names and, you know, players from other teams and countries. He wants to have a look at them himself before he makes that final call. Because otherwise, if if he if he just if he just allows it to, to other to other scouts and other recruitment, if they come in without him having a really good look at these players, it's his head that's on the mm. chopping block. It's, he mm. will have the blame mm -hmm. for their poor performances. So it tells me that he, he has to do it himself. So he doesn't quite trust people without him having a good look himself. That's what it tells me. He, stri he strikes me as a manager who will make the final decision, but mm -hmm. it's it's his call. But, but it sounds like he's doing a lot more than that. Yeah, probably more than he would like, Rob. He would like somebody to maybe, he would go and give a, a list of players and for a, a head of recruitment to go and deliver the, uh, the 10 or so players, whatever the number is. Um, but the final decision has always, I believe, got to come from the manager. Yeah. And I, I, that's the, the feeling I get that Postacoglu does. Maybe it suits him. I mean, I, I mean, I remember Craig Moore um, even before Ange Postecoglou had been appointed, saying that he would want a lot of control. Mm -hmm. He would insist on having a lot of control. And maybe the the Celtic situation plays into his hands, where there are so many key roles still unfilled. Uh, so he's able to 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 jump into the recruitment area and say, right, this is not happening. So I'm going to take charge. Yeah, of there's, it. there's a lot of details. Probably, probably he doesn't want it be part of um, he would just want he would obviously give a list of players as I had said to a head of recruitment a director of football and he would then go and do the deals but I think he's involved from the start to the finish mm -hmm. where he would rather be involved in the finish making sure he gets over the line and he gets his his players in because I, I do believe it's it's got to be his way his way only I don't think he would operate any other way I, I would like to but I would like to think that he could bring his own director of football and surely with other clubs he's been at, he'd know someone who... who... OK, well, hold fire, John. Let, let's hear what he said uh, today about director of football. My sole focus at the moment is is on getting the right squad together. I, look, and that doesn't mean that that's what you're talking about. It's not important. It is. It's a priority. But I think it's probably a priority post-window. The most important thing right now, and I think that's what the players, um, sorry, the supporters of what me and, and the rest of the club are working on is getting the squad, the right squad together to, for us to, to challenge this year. And then, you know, I've got some ideas. I know Dom's got some ideas on, on how we restructure things in the football department. Um, so we'll crack on with that once the window closes. Mm -hmm. 
there's so much to be done, isn't well, there? Well, that, that sounds to me like he's got someone lined up yeah. to yep. come in. He just wants a little bit more time just to settle at the minute. He wants to take care of things, maybe to get players in um, before the director of football comes in and does a bit more organising. And also, I think it'll help him. It'll take a bit of pressure off him. Mm. So Ange can solely focus maybe on the training ground, on a formation, on tactics, and work on th stuff like this and allow the director of football to be in the background, but they still work closely in terms of what players that he can bring to the party. And then he runs them by the manager, they look at it, and they decide as a club. But I, certainly the director of football would take a lot of pressure off the manager, I feel. It just underlines, to me, the the number of jobs that are still to be filled at Celtic yeah, Park. But, uh, Be behind the scenes and on the pitch, at a time when we're playing these massive matches that have got tens of millions of yeah. pounds attached to but them. But it's clear to me, Rob, he's making the de those decisions. He's going to decide whether it's a head of recruitment or a director of football and who that is. Mm. That comes down to the manager. But I think the next three and a, ha three and a half weeks, he needs to just focus on getting numbers and yeah. players in. It's important to me there, Baz, when he said, uh, yes, it's a priority. Mm. Mm -hmm. So he's prioritising bringing someone in because, you know, for me, a priority was a goalkeeper. He's done that. He needed to do that. He and said, is that the way it goes? He the, said a priority for me is, is the director of football. It was his words. That's what yeah, he just said. Yeah. Is, is that the way it goes generally? They, they take the, a the way, where, the, where the head coach appoints the director of football rather than well, the I, other I way around. I think they've got to have a brilliant relationship. They've got to work closely. So I think the manager yeah. of the football team has got to have an influence on who the director of football or head of recruitment, whatever you want to call it, who it is. I think that's got to come for the manager. Plenty to be done at Celtic, no doubt about that. Starting uh, with a big game for them tomorrow night. It's quarter to five kickoff in the Czech Republic away in the Europa League qualifiers to FC Jablonet. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Barry Ferguson, John Hartson and Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show on a Wednesday evening, Glasgow Zone. At Go Radio, good to have you with us. And the Premiership is off and running again. Continues this weekend. Dundee United against Rangers is Saturday lunchtime. St Mirren against Hearts is the only other Premiership game on the Saturday with so much European football going on. Celtic Dundee on Sunday. Hibs against Ross County. Livingston play Aberdeen. St Johnston against Motherwell and uh, St Johnston, of course, um, have a big priority coming their way tomorrow evening in Turkey. St Johnston against Galatasaray, Barry. That is a glamour game, isn't it? Yeah, and they deserve it, Rob. Fantastic season, winning a double last year. Um, if you'd says to me at the start of the season that St Johnston would have won the double, um, I'd have thought you were crazy. They had a difficult start, um, Callum did, but... Brilliant to see in um, the, the last six months after uh, the turn of the new year. I thought they were fantastic. Brilliant. Um, brilliant tie. Galatasaray, massive club. Um, one thing they will um, find when they go over there, it'll be absolute boiling. Yeah. Um, 35 plus degrees. But it's a tough one for St. Johnson. Warm, but I, I warmer would, than Perth, yeah? A lot warmer than Perth. Um, but I would love to see them go there and, and come away with a, a draw or a, a, a point, whatever you, you want to say, but it's going to be a tough one for them. Galatasaray, not the power they were. I mean, that's a Champions League team, isn't it, uh, of, of recent times, yeah. Galatasaray. Uh, not quite there at the moment at that level, but it's going to be tough for St Johnston. But the, the great thing at the moment for Callum Davidson is, John, uh, despite all the rumours right at the end of last season, uh, he hasn't lost any of his key players as yet. 
No, and uh, listen, everybody will expect Galatasaray to probably get through. Um, you know, nobody will give St. Johnson much hope outside of their fans and outside of the club itself. Galatasaray, you know, I'd be delighted if St. Johnson could, could get something to bring back to Perth. But um, you know, Galatasaray used to be one of the massive big hitters of European mm. football. If you can imagine the colours, the stadium, you know, the intimidation, the, the, the Turkish supporters, um, you know, and I've been over there a couple of times working and done some massive games and I don't know how many people are going to be in the stadium tomorrow night, but uh, it's a great tie. It's a brilliant tie for the St. Johnson players to go and enjoy as well. A lot of the St. Johnson guys, without sounding disrespectful, wouldn't have had an awful lot of European football in their careers over no. their lives. This is a brilliant oh, yeah. sort of opportunity for them. It's a game that they'll probably never forget. Yeah. And listen, you know, they catch Galatasaray on, on the off chance. They are not the, the strong Galatasaray we know of the past. So listen, they always stand a bit bit of a chance, but... Um, you know, Galatasaray will probably be strong favourites as well to go through. Yeah, you make a good point, Rob. It'll be interesting to see if they can hold on to their, their, their big performers the last season. Young Alan McCann, I think, can go to the next level. Yeah. No been disrespectful to St. Johnson. I thought Jason Kerr at the back was fantastic. Um, Sean Rooney, I've seen there's been a couple of bids knocked back. Um, I think it's Rotherham mm -hmm. that have been in for him. Yeah. So, It'll be interesting to see if they can hold on to their players, but St. Johnson and Callum knows that they're a selling club and if somebody calls with a decent enough bid, they, they will end up losing them. The great thing about them is that they're, they're a great unit. They're really well organised, they're well drilled. All the players know exactly how they slot into a system that Callum Davidson never varies from. It's, it's always the same shape they play. Um, and they took some big scalps last season. This obviously is a level up for them. Yeah, it's a level up as as John just pointed out there. Galatasaray, Galatasaray, sorry, ain't the power they were before, um, but they're still a a very good team. Um, but you're right, they played a three five two last year. The back three I thought were immense, plus mm. a goalkeeper, um, Jason Kerr, Liam Gordon, and and Jamie McCart. Yeah. yeah, I thought three of them were fantastic along with the goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, but the 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 standout player for me last year was a young. Ali McCann, yeah. Northern Irish, international. Um, and the reality is that, that we're just into the August, so we've got the entire transfer window yeah, there's to enough go. Three and a half the, weeks, Rob. Yeah. There's bound to be one or two departures, but but right at this moment, they can play pretty much the same team they finished last season with. Yep, and that's a strong unit. I know they're up to Dingwall. They get um, they come away with a point, but this is a different ball game going over to Galatasaray. Plus the heat, a lot of the players would never have experienced this but I would love to see them come back with something Rob yeah so uh, it is St Johnson against Galatasaray and of course they're they're closing in it seems on the on the signing of uh, Finnish international striker Itu Vertanen um, he's I think he's played about 14 times for, for his country um, so it's good to see Callum Davidson is looking to build on what St Johnston have achieved already and presumably as well preparing the way uh, for some uh, departures what about Hibs they held it all together last season to finish third when I say held it all together I mean they kept the squad together and they resisted uh, bids for the likes of Porteous and Nisbet John uh, so they've pretty much got what they have uh, Martin Boyle is a real threat for them in the attacking areas. Uh, Jack Ross is a smart manager, um, and they'll look to they're, they're at home to Rijeka uh, yeah. tomorrow night, so they'll be looking to to take some sort of win to Croatia. Absolutely, I think they got through the the previous tie 
relatively easy. Yeah. Um, because of the, the the first game in in the result of the first game was it three nil three nil the one yeah which made it generally count for the second game, but no you've you've mentioned there you know Boyle at the weekend scored again uh, in their win against Motherwell mm. and they got some really good player Nisbet linked with Celtic throughout the summer, um, so they got lots and lots of good players and Jack Ross I think he's done a good job there, all right they lost in the in one of the cups last year I think they lost in the year before. In one of the cups as well, if I'm if I my mind sort yeah, of they were, yeah, me. yeah. So they've gone, they've done really well. Um, they want to push on as a club. Jack Ross is very ambitious. I know he left Sunderland, the, you know, League One club, to come back up to come and manage Hibs. Mm. So they've done exceptionally well. And the one thing they've done is they've held on to, you know, to all their players and the big guy Christian Doidge as well, the Welsh lad. He got another goal at the mm. weekend. I need to get into Robert Page's ear to get him a cap because yeah. he's doing ever so well, Deutsch. And Josh, Josh Doig uh, is still yeah. there meantime. I, I don't think for, for too much longer. Um, it seems as if uh, he's going to be off-ski, Barry. But, but on the end of a, of a really good transfer fee, it sounds like four and a half to five million they're, they're going to bring in for, for Josh Doig, yeah. who's, who's, who's a teenager. So that's great business. Uh, another player with huge potential, Rob. Mikep mm. uh, Stevenson, who's a club legend out of the team the fully last season. And... Obviously, the young man get left out at the weekend, so that tells me that they're, they're pretty close uh, agreeing a deal. Um, and don't be surprised if somebody comes in in the next couple of weeks for, for Kevin Nisbet. What a story, Rob. Three years ago, let go for Partick Thistle. Goes to League One, Wraith Rovers, jumps into the Championship with Dunfermline. And then his first season in the Premier League last year, I thought he'd done fantastically well, scored goals, and obviously got his call up to the, the Scottish uh, national team. So... Hibs will be looking to to do one better. They need to win a cup. I'm sure Jack Ross would have been disappointed with the, the, the cup competitions last year. But finishing third, I thought they had a fantastic season. And he does have that knack, doesn't he? As Barry said, he got called up, scored for Scotland, uh, I think in the friendly against the Dutch, wasn't yep, it? That's uh, right. You know, so against good opposition, uh, he got his first international goal. He seems to be just ticking off all these achievements. Um, he's still, what, 24, Barry, maybe, Kevin Nisbet? 23, 24, is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, do you yeah. rate him? Do you rate him, John? I do. I think, listen, he's getting goals. He's getting goals for Hibs. As a centre forward, if you're getting goals, you you know, you're going to be noticed. But yeah. it's, it's his all-round game as well. I think his movement is good. He yeah. knows where the back of the net is. I think it was 18, maybe 18 goals yeah, for Hibs last season. season in the yeah. Premier League. That's yeah. a great achievement. Mm-hmm. It yeah. really, really is. You know, that's 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 almost like if you're playing for Celtic or Rangers, you, I was always happy with over 20 goals. That was my target. If I can get hit over anything over 20, and the amount of chances that you're getting created when you're playing for, you know, Celtic or Rangers. So... Um, no, how, many, two, how many was it for Celtic? 100? 110? Oh, you know about that, Robin. You so, uh, yeah, I'm getting like, for I, like, I was going to say to Barry, what do you think of Gogic in the middle of the park? He's yeah, a good player. I, do you know what? It surprised me that Hibs signed him from Hamilton because mm. um, I wasn't too sure at Hamilton, but he's been a revel- uh, yeah. revelation. I think he's been brilliant in the middle of the park, just sitting in there patrolling. He replaced Big Marv, didn't he? Yep, he did. Um, but he, he was another great piece of business. But in terms of Kevin Nisbet, Hibs paid 200k for him yeah. from Dunfermline and then they're looking at three, three and a half million pounds yeah. now for him so that's a great piece of business um, from Hibs but in terms of Gogic really impressed me last season I think Aberdeen have got themselves a, a striker as well they play Breda Blick in uh, Iceland 
uh, tomorrow night in the third round of the Europa Conference League qualifiers. You've constantly got to remind yourselves uh, which competition we're actually operating in here. That's an eight o'clock uh, kickoff tomorrow night. Christian Ramirez uh, won a couple of caps for the USA. Um, obviously, it's the American connection. Stephen Glass was in charge at Atlanta United. He's brought Ramirez over. Uh, and any number nine and he is wearing the number nine wants to kick off with a couple of goals and he's done that he scored in Europe and he scored in the yeah. opening Premiership weekend do you like the look of him John? Yeah I do like the look of him uh, Along, he played alongside Emmanuel Thomas at the weekend and yeah. uh, nice to see Hayes as well getting a goal um, for Aberdeen I thought they looked really impressive I thought they were very dominant over Dundee United Brown and Ferguson, Scott Brown settled in really well. They'd expect nothing else from from a player of Brown's quality. Um, you know, Ojo as well on the right, I thought did really well. They got a good goalkeeper. They've not changed an awful lot in terms of Considine has come in, Lewis, Considine, you know, he can go left back, he can play centre back and Declan Gallagher obviously has been signed, yeah. but he hasn't started yet for them. You know, no. they've, they've had McCrory alongside Considine at the back, but they've got Declan Gallagher they to come got in. Gallagher. So. I worked with Gallagher at Livingston when it when it was um it was what's it called Craig Halkett uh, mm. as well. And he pre performed really well on, on uh, Saturday night against Celtic Halkett, yeah. big strong, goes and heads it in the box, both boxes. Mm. So Gallagher had a little spell there at Motherwell, did well, and he earned his move up to Aberdeen. But you know, you might have to be patient in terms of how well McCrory and uh, McCory and Considine are playing yeah. right now. And they've got two good young fullbacks as well. Aberdeen Jack McKenzie uh, came in last season and played, and um, and looks as if uh, I mean, if when he plays, Johnny Hayes plays further forward, and maybe that's better for for Hayes. And on the other side, they've got Calvin Ramsey, who just turned eighteen at the weekend there. Uh, he looks a, a real prospect yeah he, he does I've not seen too much of him Rob but um, by all accounts he's got a real bright future only 18 years of age and he, he, he's starting uh, for Aberdeen um, they've got a good production of young players coming through Aberdeen um, and they've got a good mixture I like it youth and experience obviously Scott Brown being there now allows for me Lewis to get further forward and get the goals that I think he can get it. Lewis should be looking at 12 to 15 goals a season because he's got that in his locker. Yeah. Um, and that's something that Scott Brown will allow Lewis uh, to do. But in terms of young lad Ramsey, if he continues to keep his feet in the ground, working hard, Aberdeen have got a player in their hands. I think a few of the Aberdeen fans were... Um... Um, I'm not quite sure what the right word here to use here is about Scott Brown when he when he was signed. Well, you know, the the the, the he's wound them up over the years, hasn't he? And he's performed so well against Aberdeen so many times for Celtic. And and maybe there there was a slight reluctance to accept him, but I think his performances in the first few games have uh, have turned heads in Aberdeen. And and he's just he's just doing what what he did laterally with Celtic, where he drops back in between the two centre backs and just dictates from that area and locks up that area as well for, for Aberdeen now. Yeah, it makes the game look easy at times, does the simple thing, just doesn't you don't really see Scott Brown hit in 40, 50 yard passes he wins the ball he intercepts he gives it to the nearest man gives it to his best player and Barry made a good point it allows Lewis Ferguson who I yeah. think can get goals he's certainly got a goal in him Lewis as we've seen in the past he's a good finisher when he gets when he gets in and, and goal scoring midfielders are few and far between you know they go for the big money mm. uh, but again going back to the tie uh, tomorrow evening they they almost won the tie in the first game again. Like I mentioned, mm. him they won. Was it five one? Five five one, yeah. And they they got beat well in the second game. Yeah. 
But it was the it was the first performance. It was the first ninety minutes that actually won them the tie yeah. over the two legs. So it's, these first legged affairs are very important to get to get something. Should Celtic have kept Scott Brown, Barry? In my opinion, yes. Yep, because he was a leader. He was a leader of the group. Yeah. Um, you may not have got 35, 40 games out of Scott Brown, but I think you would have, if you kept him, you would have a good 20. But just the influence mm. with the experience he has run about the dressing room was key. Um, and John, I think John mentioned earlier on, Callum McGregor, very good midfielder, no doubt about it, but I don't think he's the same type of leader as Scott Brown. He's no the rant and, no rant and raver, but he, he demands from player Scott Brown. And listen, it's Celtic's loss, it's Aberdeen's gain, because yeah. again, Aberdeen, you look at it, my young nephew, obviously Lewis up there, McCrory, young Ramsey, he'll be good for the young kids. Um, he'll bring them along, let them know that his experience is in the game as well. So I think, not just about Scott Brown being on the pitch, I think Stephen Glass is thinking was bringing somebody his experiences in the game to help the younger kids um, who's at Aberdeen. I think you can see he's already having an influence. Uh, Brady Bleak against Aberdeen, 8 o'clock. Hibs against Rijeka in Edinburgh, 7.45 in the conference qualifiers, uh, Europa League qualifiers. Uh, Galatasaray against St. Johnston in Turkey. Yablonets against Celtic in the Czech Republic. The Go Radio Football Show Talking football first Listen live weeknights from five Yeah, the Go Radio Football Show On a Wednesday with Rob McLean Barry Ferguson And John Hartson Plus Jordan, who's a Celtic fan Hi Jordan Hi guys, how's it going? Hi, yeah, Jordan. good thanks What are you thinking? Are you pleased about Hart and McCarthy? Well, that, that, that's what I was, I was wanting to ask I, I think they're both two decent signings Like proven quality in a big league But what I'm wondering is, do you reckon they've got? Do you reckon they're likely to just be dropped straight in at the starting lineup tomorrow? Well, uh, f- w- listening to to what Andrew Postecoglou said at his media conference today, it seems as if there's a fair chance, John, that that Joe Hart is going to be straight into the team yeah. tomorrow. I think it's going to be a little bit longer, just because he's been training on his own since leaving Crystal Palace for James McCarthy. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. I think um, I think I think it's a, it's a priority anyway that that Joe gets in as quick as he can because I, I don't trust the other two Bain and Barkas they've both made mistakes this season for me um, so I think if Hart is fit and he's able um, I think he'll start tomorrow night um, and he, I think he's ready he's more than capable he's got a lot of experience it's such a big game as well now and um, we all, we said earlier on is it Jordan? Jordan yeah, yeah we said yeah. earlier on Jordan that um McCarthy just might not be ready yet because he got released from Crystal Palace at the back end of last season. He's not been involved with the club, we 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 led to believe, and he's not, you know, he's only been training on his own. So I think Ange uh, would rather him have a couple of weeks with the with the group, uh, have a good look at him and then and then decide when he's ready to start games. So tomorrow night, mate, I can only see Joe Joe Hart. Furuhashi might play some minutes. And I think I think we we capable of going and winning tomorrow night against the Czech Republic team with with the forward plays we have. Starfelt will come back in as well. He'll he'll start the game. Whether Welsh will come in for beat on, um, so I think we'll be strong going forward. But again, question marks just defensively, you know, because of recent weeks and especially the goal we conceded at Hearts. What do you think, Jordan? I've got to agree. I think I was I was lucky enough. I was camping in the middle of nowhere and missed the game, but. 
mm. uh, watching the highlights from Saturday, I think it's it was clear to see that even Starfield, I think his mistake was made out of the fact he was just really trying to make a an impact. You know mm. what I mean? And yeah. He was unlucky to to do so, and then certainly had a lot of the ball. And it can, it can be a lot of those games that were just you're just unlucky, and with everything else going on, it's a perfect storm. But I feel like John's right. I think with the quality we have, even playing terribly. We should be able to go to no disrespect to the to the other team that we should be able to win comfortably. Yeah, yeah. this this was uh, Jordan. This was Joe Hart uh, when he was asked if he was uh, ready. I've kind of prided myself on these years recently of, of not necessarily getting that starting jersey of, of being ready. You know, putting it down to the manager's decision. You know, no other, no nothing else featuring. Making sure the team felt comfortable that if if and when required that I'd be ready. Uh, and I feel that you know I've been around long enough. I've had plenty of highs, plenty of lows. I found I've got that middle ground. Um, you know, I'm experienced, I'm mature, and um, you know, I'm looking to put that into play. And I think Jordan, that's a position you just can't mess about, can you? Celtic have been messing about in terms of goalkeeper, uh, and you would imagine he's got to come straight in. A hundred percent. I think regardless of whether or not he's played a lot, he immediately has the the attitude and the the experience. I think what I like a lot about the fact that he's went from. Man City and obviously his career's maybe he's not been playing at those heights but he always seems to have a good attitude whenever you see him play John. you don't hear about him causing trouble when he's when he's not number one choice so I think he's now shown that this is a an excellent opportunity a club the size of Celtic for maybe this part in your career and you can make a real difference so I think he's he's 100% got to go straight in at the team because yeah. like John said earlier I don't trust either of the other keepers at the moment No and I also think John in, in the ideal scenario is when you bring in players Ideally, you want to maybe give him one or two games to bed in, to have a look at things, and then and then obviously they go into the team. But it's not been that situation. That Celtic Starfelt comes in, he does a day's training with the club. He's self-isolating in London. He turns up in Glasgow on the Friday, and he's still in. He's gone straight into the team. And again, the magnitude of hearts away at Tynecastle. Oh, buoyed by the fact that they just come up the year before. It's the first game back in the in the Scottish Premiership. Abada is literally shoved straight in on the right hand side against Mitchelland. But unfortunately, we haven't got the numbers, have we? We've got to play these players because every game, every game at the minute, every European game, every league, and they're such big games. And we need to put our best players out on the pitch. Yeah, and, and we've been talking about him, uh, Joe Hart on the show earlier, uh, Jordan. You know, and Barry played with him when he was on loan at Birmingham. And you're pretty convinced, Barry, that he is going to make a big difference to Celtic defensively. You know, his goalkeeping, but also the influence he has on the players immediately yeah, in front of him. It's his presence. He's six foot three, stroke four, Joe. He's a big goalkeeper. But the biggest thing, as I said, the, the thing that I loved about him is vocal. He was very, he was a big um, influence in the dressing room. And he'll be like that with the Celtic defence, there's no doubt. And look, with the signing, when I'm travelling over, um, over to Czech Republic, Joe Hart definitely starts tomorrow. There's no doubt. The beauty of Joe Hart, he said three weeks pre-season, he's come up, he's not had to self-isolate or nothing. That's yeah. the only difference between between him and McCarthy. McCarthy's been training your own. John will tell you, it's totally different. You need to train with the squad. Joe's been doing that way with Tottenham. And he goes straight into the team tomorrow. Jordan, is there any, you know, what would you like more signings? And we know that Angie's going to make four or five more, hopefully. Where would you see that um, prioritising in terms of strengthening the group even more? I think I think fullbacks at the moment is a is a big one. I know we've got uh, Taylor, Bolingoli, Ralston, 
Do you know what I mean? And Ralston, on, to, to be fair to him, I've given Ralston a lot of stick, but I thought the last two games he's been fantastic. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's done well and he looks like he's he's not playing his strengths because obviously Ange is looking for a bit more of an attack from that position, but he's playing well. But I think defensively, we just need, even if it's, we need depth basically. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. with, with Julian coming back, do you know what I mean? Starfelt, I'm not holding him too much against him because, like you said, he showed up on the Friday and he's straight in a game. At I, th- I, th- I think Julian's still a while, though. I think he's still yeah, a Julian couple of months. Yeah. yeah, so you got Welsh. I was surprised Welsh was dropped. I don't know if he was, was injured or whatnot because I prefer to see yeah. even a young centre half playing mm. ahead of someone who's playing out of position. And no disrespect to Neil Beaton, he's he's always done what he's asked of. But I think again after the first Michelin game, he's prone to an absolute howler of a decision um, it was the same against Rangers last year I think it was you know what I mean just a silly tackle so I think I think another centre half um, is a must or at least a, a right back who can play centre half you know, just another couple of players because I've not been completely disheartened by the last few games you know I mean there has been flashes of yeah. of good play and I think that's more of a, a credit to Ange than anything else that he's managed to get semi-decent uh, game plan and performances out of these players who are let's not be criticised a lot of them are not would not be first team players in any normal season. And we um, think we, th- we we think Edward will will leave. So is, is Furuhashu and um, Ayeti and, and Griffiths enough? We need another striker, surely. If if Edward leaves, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Like I, I don't I don't think Griffiths is necessarily the player he once was. Um, I don't know if it's an attitude thing or whatever. But just from when he has played, I think it's there's too much stop start. You know, um, Ayeti, I think is. He needs more service. I think he might benefit from playing with the likes of in a more attacking formation when there's going to be a lot of service to the strikers. Um, I think he needs a shot, but then again, I don't think he's your number one. Do you know what I mean? I don't think if you compare him to some of the pre- previous season strikers or a, an on-form Eddie or a Dembele, uh, yeah, he's not on that. He's not on that level. Do you know what I mean? I just don't think. No disrespect to him, but yeah, another sort of. I say just like it's an easy thing. A twenty-goal a season striker would be. Fantastic. If Celtic hadn't had pinched the pennies last year, we could have had Ivan Tony, who went and then absolutely ripped the championship up. Do you know what I mean? So it's Celtic need to be actually be willing to invest the money if someone of the calibre of Edwards going to leave. I mean, John, Jordan John's talking about four or five more signings. Is that enough? If you, if if you're looking for squad strength as well, if you're looking for two good ones for every position in the team, ultimately that's what you need, isn't it? I think you, if you're going to do that, you need to pray that everyone stays fit. That's the the problem is immediately, like you say, if there's there's no one to cover. And I know we made quite a few signings of the younger boys that are development and then they can sometimes come up and play fantastic. If you look at the way Frimpong went from a fringe player to within four or five games was an absolute nailed on first teamer. So I, I think like you say, we've got to get make sure we've got the quality that can start the pitch and then it might sound daft, but then maybe think about the strength and because if we don't actually get some decent performances on the pitch then do you know what I mean it's going to be a, a long year. Do you know what I mean, I watched the, the highlights of the Rangers game. They looked fantastic. Do you know what I mean, they looked that they hadn't missed a step. And then there's been a lot of people talking about the players that they didn't even play that day. Mm. Do you know what I mean, so they've they've already got both performance and depth. Where the Celtic just need to start performing before we need to worry yeah. about. I, thought, I think else, we just think. need to get stronger. We just need to get more competitive on a on a, on a more consistent basis. Um, it's Rangers' title to lose, I feel, but the more. Quality, you know, it might take. It's elegant in the transition. We know that they've Andrew's got to put almost a whole team together. Whereas this Rangers team, they've built, they've added, they won the league by twenty-five points. Um, so I just think we've got to try and get as competitive as mm. we can. 
the, we all know that that Ange has to win the big games. You know, Saturday was a big game. Tomorrow night, Rangers in three weeks' time is a massive game. You know, and then the pressure will come on when he brings his own signings in, and then he loses games. Yeah, that what, what, can't what, happen. What do you think, Barry? How many do you think? How many more signings do you uh, think Ange Postecoglou needs? I agree with you. Around about five or six. But the the thing is that he strikes me as a guy he's not going to panic by. It's got to be the right players. It's got to be guys that have got to go and challenge or believe that he can put them into yeah. the starting eleven. Now, if you look at the Rangers squad, set. I'll just go for an area midfield. You've got six players there. That the way that Rangers play, six players vying for three positions at Celtic. You've got James McCarthy just come in, Callum McGregor, David Turnbull, and Sorrow. You don't know if Christie's going to be there, so they need to add another one or two in there up top. Edward's going to go at some stage. Couple of strikers. Couple of strikers. The caller just says about centre back. Julian, he's a big miss, but he's no back for two or three months, so they need to bring in. A, you can't rely on a younger centre back. Young Welsh has done really well last year. I think they've got a real prospect in the young kid, Dane Murray, but he's only mm. 18. Yeah. You've got to remember that. So they need another another centre back, full back areas as well. So. I mean, you're talking, no, even five or six, you're talking seven or eight. Yeah, that's what... You've not got a long time. You've got three and a half weeks before the window shuts. That's why I think this transition, it might just take four, five months to bed everybody in and to start looking... So do you write off that that time spell? Do you you write off uh, European qualification? Well, you try and get a competitive, you get work on the... You know, this Furuhashi, he's not going to come in and hit the ground running straight away. You hope that he does. Well, he's been playing in Japan, hasn't he? He's been scoring goals in Japan. He's coming from a totally different country. Mm -hmm. He's he's a a little bit... he'll, He'll have an interpreter with him. You know, but straight away, he's, he's got to get to know the city, he's got to get to know the, you know, playing for such a huge club like yeah. Celtic. He's got to settle. It might take him a bit of time. Yeah. Uh, George, what, what would we be like if we went over to play in Japan tomorrow? It's it, difficult. Mm. It's very difficult to settle in these players. It takes time. Jordan, what about this game tomorrow night? How much does. Are you willing to write off games at the moment in terms of long term improvement? I think. I don't think anyone's willing to. To, to write off games I mean I think your, your expectations are lowered somewhat mm. I think for me the, the thing that was the hardest last year was how easily Rangers won the league so I mean I'd, a lot of Celtic fans no one wanted to lose the 10 but the, the fact that it was just a canter do you know I mean Rangers cantered that league last year so I think you'd want to just see compet- competition come back and you want to like, go into a game and actually have a bit of belief that you're going to pull a result out so I don't, I don't think I'm willing to write it off but yeah. I'm not as hopeful as I usually am, unfortunately. Jordan, good to have you on the show. Uh, thanks a lot. Good to Cheers, hear from Jordan. you. Wishing Celtic all the best, of course. Uh, tomorrow night, Yablonets in the Czech Republic, St. Johnston in Turkey to play Galatasaray, Aberdeen in Iceland and Hibs at home to Rijeka. And our build-up continues on the show tomorrow. Uh, Paul with uh, Leanne Crichton and Craig Moore live at five. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.